the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Now, back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome back to the show. Right now, we have Gabby Occupenti, student at the University of Southern California with our next-gen innovation report, telling us what entrepreneurs need to know about millennials today and what is going to catch their attention. She is the daughter of a mobile venture capitalist and an avid technology user herself, and so she is poised and ready to give you just a little bit of advice Gabby, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Exciting. This is your first segment with us. Hopefully, this is one in a series that we're going to be doing. So right off the bat, what are some things entrepreneurs need to know about millennials? Everybody is talking about millennials. Everybody wants to target Mm -hmm. them. So my first rule of thumb with targeting millennials is don't call us millennials. (laughs) I've heard that before. (laughs) I only say this because no one actually likes to think of themselves as a millennial, especially with the negative connotations the word typically rides. Like if you think about it, no 20-year-old is going to identify as a millennial, but neither is a 14-year-old. So my advice would be be specific about the age group you're targeting, but stay in style and don't fall back into old terms like millennials. Mm -hmm. It's just that the word comes with connotations of narcissism, which is unflattering. And like, to be frank, it's pretty outdated. So if you want to market to millennials um, successfully, refer to them as young adults or refer to your technology as, you know, like for younger energetic audiences. I always hated being called a Gen Xer. And I know yeah. the baby boomers hate to be called yeah. baby boomers. So baby boomers need to stop calling millennials millennials. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then second of all, I would say we're not looking for you. You need to come to us. And I'm, I'm sure this is a pretty general tool for marketing. But what I really mean is I don't spend my day on the app store trying to figure out what's going to be the, me- the next most useful addition to my phone or computer. You don't? <laughs> so when creating a technology for millennials or a younger audience, I think you would, should think to yourself, how can I convince them that they need this without making them search for it? Like an example is I get CNN updates on my phone. I don't really think I would know anything about the world around me without it. But if someone created an app that I could look at articles and read about the world, but it made it more fun and interactive, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I could tag my friends in an article as easily as I could tag them in a meme on Facebook. That would be cool. So something that I need every day is my CNN updates, but something that I don't have to search for, you know, like something that would just come to me and I could realize like, okay, this is like some my friend could tag me in it, you know, that yep. would be something that would be cool. And then, um, my last rule would be, we need incentive. Like if you think about Facebook as younger people have stopped using Facebook as much as they used to, I go on the app way much, like way less, but apps like Snapchat have me checking it every 10 minutes. So are you serious? Yeah. I, I mean, completely <laughs> serious. I, I don't go a day without it. I think the best invention ever for Snapchat was streaks. Every day that you get that you Snapchat a friend, your streak gets higher. So, like for example, my roommate and I have a 355 day streak, meaning we've Snapchatted every day for the last 355 days. 
that streak is like a symbol of our friendship in a weird way. And I know people have lost streaks over like 500 days. And it's honestly sad when it happens. So it just keeps users on the app and gives them an incentive to go back and be checking and, you know, making sure you haven't lost that streak. So you like rewards and you like things that create competition. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. So where are people and entrepreneurs missing the boat in terms of innovation when it comes to the M word? Uh, (laughs) Um... You know, okay, so I think social media apps seem to be really either extremely successful or a complete flop. So when attempting to create maybe a social media platform that works, you need to think, what is a new way teenagers or college students can create a public image of themselves? Snapchat has turned from just a communicative app to a public app. And what I mean is that you can post a story or check out the news and play games. It's not just about talking to friends. It's about creating an image and having something to do. And... Instagram has turned from a posting editing website to make almost as a blog about yourself, showing people what you've what you're like before they've met you, keeping up with other people without directly communicating. Like I could tell you where exactly my friend is right now that I haven't talked to since graduation just by checking your last posts. Mm-hmm. And new social media platforms are missing the boat because you can't just come up with a new way of communicating. It has to be a new way of interacting with the entire world, even celebrities. So what apps do you use that no one seems to be really talking about yet? Um, I would say apps that make life easier. These are my favorite kind of apps. You know, there's this app Tap and Go, or some people call it Topingo, and nobody actually knows how it's pronounced. But it's an app slash website that every student at my school uses. Uh, you basically hook your dining dollars from your USC ID onto it, and it's like an order ahead system. So I know the line at Coffee Bean is going to be long when I get out of class, but I only have like 10 minutes until my next le- lecture. So I go on my phone 10, 10 minutes before class ends, and I order my drink and pick it up on the way to my next so class. So while they're lecturing, you're ordering your <laughs> coffee. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but there are lots of apps like this out there. There's actually Caviar is one of the ones I use the most, you know, to get my Phil's coffee on the way to school or whatever. Um, and Starbucks actually has their own app like this. Um, but on a college campus, these types of things are huge hits, you know, things that just make your life easier. Um, also the app Rio that we had the CEO of on the show a couple weeks ago, weeks back. Um, it's a social video platform. Mm -hmm. It's taking what's already there, you know, Vimeo and YouTube and making it different and fun and exciting and curating it. Yeah. Actually breaking through, helping you to break through all the noise that's out there. Exactly. So what I would, the advice I would give is, you know, think about a small, minor inconvenience to your day or to a millennial's day, you know, at school, like getting books, you know, going to the library, whatever, and then fix it with some sort of innovative technology that's easy to use and that you can present to us. I love that. And I have one more question Mm -hmm. for you. (laughs) Instagram or Snapchat? I mean, you obviously use Snapchat a lot, but I have heard, I mean, they're not really doing that well in the stock market. And Instagram seems to be developing all of the um, features that made Snapchat so unique at one point. Yeah, so I would say I use Snapchat more than Instagram. I go on Snapchat all the time, just you know, constantly Snapchatting friends more than texting. Um, but Instagram is like... It's like, I love Instagram. I, I love all the pictures. I love the pictures. I love posting and, you know, editing, adding filters, stuff like that. And it's, you know, using outside apps for filters. Um, my, actu- my, my 
what everybody said, you know, most likely to for my uh, when I graduated was most likely to become a professional Instagrammer. I love that. I don't know what that means, but that <laughs> might give you a little insight into my favorite apps. Very tech savvy. Thank you so much, Gabby, with our next generation innovation report. Hopefully you'll come back soon. Have a great weekend, everyone. This has been Kim McNicholas on innovation. You can connect with Kim on Facebook forward slash Kim McNicholas or email kimmcnicholas at gmail.com. Be sure to join us again next Friday at 1 for Kim McNicholas on Innovation. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.